0: It's time for Thriller Thursdays, here on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
2: Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice. Starring Christopher Mott as Jack... And Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon Girl Detective.
3: The name's Justice. Jack Justice. I'm a Seamus, a gumshoe, a private dick, what have you. I've heard them all. It is perhaps the most deliberately contrary position yet held by mortal flesh, a function which requires a man of action of iron resolve and steely determination and yet remains upon the balance of life's great ledger largely a role which involves sitting on the delicate parts of one's anatomy contemplating the great questions of the universe questions like who are we really why are we here and is it going to rain or should i walk three blocks to the ukrainian place and get some pierogies as i continue this journey of contemplation I am occasionally called upon to reflect on certain commonly held pearls of wisdom and find parallels within my own ribald little tales of adventure. I know, you know all this. It's episode 51. Still, some of you might be new. Hello. It is said by some that good things come to those who wait. It's an interesting idea, and like most interesting ideas, it's sufficiently vague as to be effectively meaningless. We all wait. We wait for the bus, wait for football season, wait for a price to drop, wait for a new model to come out. We wait for someone to bring us some sour cream for these pierogies, and most of all, we wait for someone soft and nurse-shaped to finish working two weeks of entirely inconvenient night shifts. Or maybe that's just me. But we all wait. Therefore, we each see ourselves as the potential recipient of the aforementioned good things. And we find this good, so the adage becomes a truism. Thing is, as confounding as it is, it ain't quite true. Some folks wait and wait and wait and wait, and never seem to have anything but an unrelenting parade of human misery delivered to their door. Let us look in upon just such a one, brothers and sisters. Let us peer through the mists of time and space and find ourselves at one police plaza with the ever-waiting, always patient, Lieutenant Victor Sabian. Nelson! See what I mean? What are you talking about now? Sorry, I was just finishing a thought. Will you keep quiet or the only thing that
2: you'll be finishing is all of your meals through a straw?
3: Nelson! Perhaps he stepped out to have his hair done. He's been spearballed since he was 21. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard.
2: Ah, who's this? Clark, where is Nelson? Will you tell him if he doesn't get his fanny in the interrogation room six, and I mean yesterday...
3: Here I am. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. Aw, I wanted to hear the end of that. I was sure he was building to something colorful. Where in screaming blue Hades
2: did you disappear to? Yes, sir. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. Do you have the crime scene pictures or not? Yes, sir. Right here, sir. Why do you smell like pastrami? That
3: is a very personal question. Should I leave the two of you alone? Sit down
2: or I'll shoot you. And you... Me, sir? Yes, sir. Still smell like pastrami? I... I don't think that I do. Do you have any idea how long I've been a cop, Detective Nelson? Long enough to know pastrami when you smell it? Long enough to know pastrami when I
3: smell it. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. Wait, how long is that, anyway? What did you do? It's
2: not my fault! She tricked me!
3: Dear diary, you'll never believe
2: what I learned today. Nelson, tell me that you didn't bring a sandwich to the other prisoner. What?!
3: She got a sandwich? No fair! She
2: tricked me! How did she do that,
3: Einstein? She was nice to me. Ooh, the big guns. I told her she shouldn't have skipped lunch. Give me those pictures! I had some nice pierogies for lunch myself, but I could still eat this table with bacon and onions. My Granny Nelson used to make the best pierogies. With a name like Nelson? Really? Sure. Haven't you ever heard of the melting pot? I'm not up on the latest dance band. Excuse me. Are you two gourmands quite finished? Thank you, waiter. Where were we? You were about to
2: explain why you shot Lucky Luke Martino.
3: Ah! See what he did there, Nelson? He almost tripped me up in a clever web of words. Yes, sir. I mean, quiet, you! You forgot I was the perp, didn't you? Yeah, just for a minute. Sorry. (laughs) Nothing of it. Oh, that's kind of you, Mr. Justice. Nelson? Yes, Lieutenant? Wait!
0: Outside! Yes, sir!
3: How's the ulcer, Sabian? You leave my ulcer out of this. You bring it on yourself. You know I didn't shoot Lucky Luke. And you're pretty sure Trixie didn't shoot Lucky Luke. And by the way, on account of his extreme deadness, can we all just agree to stop calling him Lucky Luke and start calling him Martino? Or maybe just the corpse? Here
2: is a picture of the corpse on the floor behind his desk.
3: Yes, I saw it. I was there.
2: Here is a photograph of the murder weapon, which my men found in your hand when they responded to the call. The
3: anonymous call, yes. About that. Shut up.
2: Ballistics says
3: this was the gun. It was in your hand. Wrapped in a handkerchief, yeah. You shoot a lot of people that way? Not yet. Maybe I'll give it a try. Your trained apes did a paraffin test. What did it show? On you, not much. See? Your partner, on the other hand... I told you. She fired at a rat the size of a dog in the alley outside Lucky Luke's place. A corpse's place.
2: Yes. My boys can't find a shell casing from the Beretta in the alleyway. How do you explain that?
3: Isn't Detective Nelson one of your boys? Do I have to elaborate? Shut up! Sabian, if you can whiff the subtle smoky aroma of pastrami on Nelson's coat, you know darn well that Beretta was fired recently. Maybe it
2: was, to help explain why she'd flunk a paraffin Come
3: on, Sabian. We've been over this and over this for hours. And
2: until one of you decides to quit being cute and give me what I need, we'll keep going over it and over it. Do you want to confess to the murder of uh, Luke Martino, or do you want to give up your partner?
3: I want to give up my partner. What? Really? Sure. I've always thought she'd do spectacularly well in prison. She'd be running a joint inside a week. And don't pretend you've never thought about Shut it. Shut up!
2: Nelson! Yes, sir. Lieutenant Savian, sir?
3: Make sure he doesn't
2: go anywhere. Yes, sir. You can rely on...
1: Finally. What do I have to do to get a beverage of some kind? Oh, it's you.
2: Yeah, it's me. Fun time is over.
1: You should get that tattooed on your thigh. Get me some water. Later. Shouldn't there be a chaperone of some kind? What if I started to scream? Don't
2: try and wind me up.
1: It didn't used to be this tough.
2: You're just chipper on account of the deli meats.
1: You know, I believe you're right. Where is my lawyer, anyway?
2: We left a message with her answering service an hour and a half ago. Have you been paying your bills?
1: Shut up and get me some water or I'll scream that you're savaging me.
2: Crime scene photos.
1: A hack job. Who took these? Anderson. That chimp... I'm amazed you remembered to take the lens cap off.
2: I'm not here for the nickel critique.
1: Where do you usually go? A man is dead. Yeah, but not much of a man. Can you take this seriously for once? No, peaches. And you know why I can't? Because you know darn well we didn't do it. Which means dragging us down here is a waste of time. Which means you clearly have time to waste. And when it comes to wasting time, you are dealing with a pair of seasoned veterans.
2: You were found crouching over the victim with the murder weapon in your hands.
1: Jack's hands. My hands are clean. Except for the gunpowder. Except for the gunpowder. I should get a medal from the Department of Health shooting that rat.
2: If you'd actually hit the rat, we would have physical evidence of your otherwise stupid story. Mm, Shut up. You were discovered hovering over the fresh corpse of Lucky Luke Martino by two cops and a reporter.
1: Right. What does that tell you?
2: It tells me that I can't wrap your knuckles for being an idiot and push you out the door. It tells me that the papers already have the story and the district attorney is going to want to get you two in front of a judge as soon as humanly possible. And it tells me that while you and Justice get cute, the real killer is sashaying into the sunset.
1: Wait. I thought I was a real killer. Shut up.
2: A real killer wouldn't have been crouching over Martino's body. Why would you crouch over somebody you just shot?
1: Maybe we were taking his wallet.
2: He had nothing of interest in his pockets, and neither did you, too. And he was killed with a .35. If you were going to kill somebody with a gun I didn't know, you wouldn't have held on to it and waited to be discovered. You'd have dropped it and walked away. So
1: what the heck am I still doing here? You
2: know something, Dixon. Something I need to get started. And I'm not taking heat from the DA and the papers over a botched murder investigation because you and the haircut that walks like a man
1: decided to be extra
2: adorable!
1: Oh, again with the papers. Your anonymous tipster called a reporter, too. Why?
2: Next to that. Pharaoh's a pet news hawk. He hangs around the station and follows the boys out when it sounds interesting.
1: So what sounded interesting about this?
2: Shots fired. That's what the call said. Shots fired at 1533 Walton. Shots fired means maybe somebody got dead, so Pharaoh tagged along.
1: Hang on. The caller heard the shots?
2: Maybe it was you in the alley, Tex. Don't matter now.
1: I shot the rat. Shot
2: at and missed the rat.
1: Shut up. I fired the Beretta less than five minutes before your boys pranced in. Yeah? And lucky Luke was... Hey, I guess he wasn't all that lucky after all, was he?
2: It has been observed. Where are you going with this?
1: The shot that killed him wasn't fired more than a couple of minutes before we arrived. The blood was still fresh and the air still smelled like cordite. So... So how'd the cops get there so fast? It was a
2: radio car. No,
1: Sabian. They had Pharaoh with them, which means they came from headquarters. Yeah, but... Hey. They get the word from the desk sergeant. Let's say they barrel out the door at top speed. Which
2: we both know they did not.
1: Race to the car and fly down the street where they encounter very little traffic.
2: Also not likely.
1: Part the car and run in like Batman and Robin. Can it,
2: Dixon! There's no way they make it in less than 20 minutes.
1: Which means Luke Martino was still alive when your caller phoned in the shots that killed him.
2: And had a pretty good idea that there was a pair of patsies on the way.
1: I object to the term patsies.
2: On the grounds that it is too accurate? You got set up, Dixon.
1: You just might be right.
2: Ready to stop dancing and start helping?
1: Let's go get Jack. I think better when there's someone there to be stupid. Fine. Did I ever tell you this place is a dump?
2: Ooh, we're having some decorators in next week. I'm
1: so glad.
2: Nelson! Oh. Hi, Lieutenant. Nelson, are my eyes very much mistaken? Or are you and the prisoner eating some takeout and pierogies?
0: He tricked me!
2: <laughs> you are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheatre.com.
1: There is an adage in private detecting circles, my friends. A little something called rule number one. Do not give up your client. It's bad for business. Rule number one is complicated by rule number two, which is actually more of an observation, but is true enough to be a rule anyway, so shut up. Rule number two says clients are mostly lying scum. That's all right. We're used to it, really. We've taken so many grains of salt, we're like the Dead Sea. They're almost always lying about something, and it usually makes no difference in how we do the job. We believe in nothing and everything. It's very zen. Every so often, of course, we get into a situation where the nearly ineffable truth of Rule 2 has been achieved so completely that Rule 1 gets tough to live with, and it looked like we were getting into that rarefied territory here. We had been hired by our client, local restaurateur Mike Sobchak, to determine if lucky Luke Martino had been cheating him out of both his share of the profits from a joint business venture and his wife, Paula Sobchak, who worked as Martino's secretary. Two days and $79 and change into the exercise, Mike seemed to have elected the direct approach and set old Square drawing me up for good measure. But we had to be sure, because the murder of Lucky Luke Martina was going to make the morning papers, and we figured in the story. Not much was going to stop that now. What the evening papers had to say was still very much in doubt, and it would be nice if the tale allowed Jack and I to continue to draw the occasional paycheck from the less-than-trustworthy scum to which we had become accustomed. Pulling this off required two great miracles. Getting Sobchek to talk sense for 30 seconds at a stretch, and persuading Sabian to not only let us out of the Huskow, but wait in the car out back with Nelson, while Squarejaw and I found out the what's what. Rule number one is a cruel mistress, my friends, and this was to prove no exception.
0: Hey, it's Mr. and Mrs. Flatfoot. To what do I owe the pleasure?
3: Gumshoe, Mike. Flatfoots are cops. We are gumshoes. Mr. and Mrs. Gumshoe.
1: I can't believe this is a part of the equation you choose to take issue with.
3: You two want a
0: table or what?
1: It isn't a social call, Mike. This is business.
0: Hey, x on the Isness Bay. Nobody here knows nothing about me having no business with private detectives.
3: We can talk, but you gotta take a table. Fine, we... Holy cats! Looks like a curio shop threw up in here. Oh, yeah.
0: Thanks. I just had the place redone over. It's a dim sum joint now. Dim how much? Dim sum. It's it's Chinese. It means keep eating. I'm almost sure that it doesn't. Hey, trust me. You'll love it. And Ming! Two here, okay, honey?
1: Wait, I know that girl. Her name is Karen.
0: Not when she's working, it ain't. I didn't can the old staff and load the place up with Chinese broads to be hollering for Karen. Ming has more... Pizazz.
3: Especially if you're Flash Gordon. Listen, we have to talk.
0: In a second, in a second. Okay, that's great, sweetie. Thanks.
3: Boy, it's a good thing I just ate.
0: No, Justice, you don't get it. They only bring you, like, two little dumpling things at a time, but you eat until you can't stand no more, see?
1: I think I'm already there.
0: Be open-minded, eh?
1: What is a guy named Subcheck doing owning a Chinese restaurant anyway?
0: Trying to make a buck is what. But the strip is lousy with noodle places and chop suey joints, so this is the next big thing. You like?
3: It looks suspiciously like a little pierogi. See, I didn't even have to change cooks.
1: Not that this isn't fascinating, and it isn't, but we have an important matter to discuss in regards to your business partner, Luke Martino.
3: Do You mean Lucky Luke?
1: In fact, I do not.
3: Martino is dead, Mike. Wh-
1: what would you go and
0: do that for?
1: Hilarious. You...
3: You didn't kill him? Why would you say a thing like that?
0: Uh, I don't know. You got a kind of real serious
3: way of saying things is all. A real, uh, poker face.
1: If you mean it looks like he's been hit with one, you're right.
3: I take issue with that. But this little pierogi is too delicious. See? Good, eh? What is this? A shrimp in here? Who can tell? They all got something different.
1: Hey, Ming! Please stop doing that. Just stop, okay? Can we talk about the murder a little bit?
3: You're only saying that because you haven't tried your pierogies. Dumplings. Yeah, I know, but pierogies is more fun to say.
1: Mr. Sobchak, the law seems to think that Jack and I killed Martino.
3: But you
0: didn't? No. So why did they think it was you?
1: Because they discovered us crouching over the body holding the murder weapon. And before you ask, they discovered us crouching over the body holding the murder weapon because somebody arranged for them to discover just that. Somebody who knew that we would be paying a call on Lucky Luke at that very moment.
3: So, why did you do a thing like that? Because you asked us to.
0: I asked you to snoop around and see if he was shortchanging me on the on the fruit machines. And also if he was having it out with my Paula. I didn't ask you to make no social calls. Hang
1: on, Peach Pit. I took the call from your secretary. She said you had arranged a meeting with Martino, and would we please be prompt?
0: Secretary? <laughs> I ain't got no secretary. I got girls. I got Ling and Ming and, I don't know, maybe Sing and Ping. I think Ping
3: is a boy's name.
0: And and even if I did, I wouldn't have called no meeting. And even if I did, I wouldn't have put the bump on Martino and tried to pin it on you.
3: Because you're so deeply trustworthy?
0: No, because sooner or later, you would have told John Law that I thought Martino was taking my money and cutting my grass. And that's the end of Mike's object. Why would I draw attention to the only two people in the world who knew what a piece of trash I thought Lucky Luke Martino was if I was going to turn around
3: and kill him?
1: Okay, you know what?
3: He's making sense.
1: Well, yes, but it's not what I was going to say.
3: You tried the little pierogi, didn't you?
1: I did, in fact, try the pierogi. Let's think about this and eat some more.
2: If this is going to happen, it had better happen soon.
1: Patience, Sabian. Patience, my
2: eye, little Miss Pastrami sandwich. Everybody in this car is eaten except me. I'm
3: getting hungry, too. You shut up even more than usual. I guess we shouldn't mention the dim sum. Mention the what?
1: It's a Chinese meditation technique, Sabian.
3: No, it isn't.
1: It makes you forget to be hungry. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. Quiet, idiot. You
3: know what else makes me forget to be hungry? Eating. Good things come to those who wait, Sabian. It's a Chinese meal, Lieutenant. Dumplings and such. Like little pierogies. Well, no, not not really.
1: Is it possible that Sobchak's dim sum is less than authentic?
2: Sobchak? What does this have to do with
1: her? Nothing at all. Nelson just must be confused.
2: No, sir. I was a patrolman in Chinatown
3: for three years.
2: Wait!
1: Did you two eat... You ate! No.
3: Nelson tricked us. Nelson!
2: I was here! I was here with you the whole time! Am I I not understand it while well, I sat in the car with Marianne here? You two went out and ate more pierogies?
1: No. Yes.
2: Well, actually, traditional dim sum is more... I could cheerfully strangle all of you. The only thing that is preventing me is my inability to decide who should go
1: first. Probably Nelson.
2: Hey! Seconded. Shut up!
1: Wait, I don't see why... For the love
3: of St. Barnabas, will you all shut up? Here she comes!
1: Could we be a little more conspicuous?
3: I don't think she can see in the car. Besides, she's too busy trying to look casual. Pretty bold, coming back to the scene of the crime. We're just lucky she didn't come in the back. Next to that, I put a prowl car in the alley.
1: No wonder she's nervous. Let's move.
3: Give her time. If she thinks John Law is still around, she'll be plenty skittish.
2: Let's just wrap this up and eat.
1: I can't argue with that. Let's go. Come
2: on. Come on. Twenty-six, thirty-nine, eleven. And there it is. Come to mana.
3: Hold it right there, Mrs. Subcheck.
2: What the? Who? If you make me fire this gun, I will be hours and hours filling out paperwork and will have to shoot you very dead in order to console myself.
1: I don't... I don't have a gun. She probably doesn't. Though I bet you'll find the thirty five that killed Martino was taken from her husband's restaurant. I don't know what you're talking about. Please, I worked for poor Mr. Martino. I just came back for some personal effects.
3: Personal effects that you kept in a hidden safe?
1: Well, you can't be too careful these days.
3: Lieutenant Sabian, allow me to present Mrs. Paula Sobchak, wife to the King of Polish Dim Sum, and administrative assistant to the late Lucky Luke.
1: Though her services were more than purely secretarial. That's a lie! I don't think so. See, this is the way we figure it. Lucky Luke had a license to distribute and maintain penny slots around town. A good business, but with all the palms you have to grease, it's hard to make a buck. Paula knew that he was skimming from his investors and arranged for her own husband, Mike, to sink some money in as well. Why would I do that?
3: To give him a motive. My guess is you wouldn't have risked your own nest egg if you didn't already know Martino's secret and the combination to his safe where he kept the profits. And there's only one thing that would have persuaded Lucky Luke to spill his secrets, and that's if you were helping him earn his nickname.
1: Probably been going on for quite some time, but Mr. Sobchak, being not exactly an enlightened sort, and finding delight in the flowers of his Asian garden, did not immediately notice the exploits of his missus. So the motive needed dressing up.
3: So she helped arrange a little larceny, and freed up the money that her husband hadn't sunk into his dumplinged
1: flight of fancy. And it worked. Mr. Sobchak hired us, and when Paula here got wind of it, she made her arrangements. She called us down to a meeting with Lucky Luke, and just before we were due to arrive, she popped him one and made tracks.
3: We were supposed to spill the name of our employer, and that he suspected Martino of robbing him both of house and harlot, and our well-meaning if overeager, justice system was supposed to do the rest.
1: And she rids herself of both louses in her life and gets away clean with the boodle. You can't prove any of this.
3: They're not in the proving business, Mrs.
2: Sobchak. But it'll make a pretty entertaining story for the district attorney, and I'd be astonished if he doesn't want you booked for murder one while he gets his ducks in a row.
3: But, but, please, you can't do this to me. Me?
2: No. Nelson?
3: Yes. What?
2: Detective Nelson, think you can remember what just happened well enough to not let the prisoner escape and shoot yourself in the foot? Um, yes. Well, that inspires confidence. Maybe you ought to handcuff her and take the bullets out of your gun. Then call downtown when the DA asks. Tell him Monpah Kettle here will make a statement in the morning. Uh, yes, sir, Lieutenant. But
1: where will you be, sir? I bet I know.
3: I wish I'd invested in bacon and onions futures this afternoon.
2: Both of you shut up and I mean now. Let's go get some pierogies.
1: And there you have it, friends. Nelson's brilliant police work made the papers yet again. Jack learned a cruel lesson about not trying to go pierogi for pierogi with a very hungry Sabian and our client never saw the inside of a police station. He got his money back, got rid of his troublesome wife, and helped himself to a second one who took over the restaurant, put him on a strict allowance, and never let him call her Ming again. Sometimes this is how it goes. But Jack and I had kept the wolf from his door when it was our job to do so, and that meant we had a reasonable chance of working again. And as long as trouble kept coming in the door, there was always the chance that it would blow something big in with it. There was always a chance. And good things come to those who wait.
2: Blackjack Jack Justice, episode 51, Those Who Wait, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons with additional voices supplied by Michelle DeLisandro, Hatt, Hans Messerschmidt, Gregory Z. Cook, and Greg Taylor. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember... DecoderRingTheatre.com is your address to adventure. Sweet Sue has been tied to the railroad tracks. Will our hero save her? Well, of course. The hero always prevails on Thriller Thursdays. I'm John
0: Bell, the hero that rarely prevails in Bells in the Bat Free, the comedy show you can hear every Friday Follies and a bunch of Sunday showcases. Oops, looks like the hero may have been a tad late there.